1: Hello and welcome to episode fifty of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane. Joining me on the line is Tom, and we've done it, Tom. We've hit fifty episodes, and we se- uh, celebrated in spectacular fashion last week. I think it went off without a hitch. Uh, what our se- our second show, the Thursday night show, was quite successful, and uh, we had some good feedback coming in from our our attempt at uh, live commentary.
2: Yeah, it was a a fun week to, to, you know, be able to get on and keep up with a bit of fresh news too, wasn't it? We had a, you know, a week is a long time in footy, as they say, and seemingly every day new things came up to discuss, and even since we last spoke on Sunday, big news for the club that we kind of anticipated but weren't really sure about.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, Yeah, our... Our uh, live commentary, I was quite happy with that. There were some logistical issues at one point. I think the first quarter, I couldn't hear any commentary from the TV. Um, And you were on a bit of a delay because you were streaming the game. But uh, besides that, we had good interaction from Mr. Mr. Bods and Old Soul um, keeping us honest. And to be quite honest, if I was watching that game without any sort of commentary... From us and listening to the the commentary produced by Channel Seven or Fox, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been too happy with it. It was very hawthorne biased, and I think in the end, despite the result, we chose a good game to to have a crack at doing our own commentary
2: yeah, absolutely and and I mean, Hawthorne's the kind of opponent that they don't need to get you know better better stats or or uh, touch the ball as many times as you do to still put a big win on you. So it was, it was it, for me. It was instructional, given that it was you and I, sort of, you know, dissecting what was going on as it was going on, rather than when you're just watching the footy and you're listening to the the biased AFL commentators. As you mentioned, once you did get their live feed, you, you well, their, their their live commentary, you were cringing because it seemed like every they couldn't let a minute go by without mentioning Jared Ruffhead and this and that and whatever. You know, and the, the, the umpires were were in on the game as well. You know, if, if we had about our own commentary and our own umpires, I think it might have been a bit closer.
1: Yeah. Um, anyone that didn't uh, listen to the live commentary and wants to, to find it, it's not available on our YouTube or podcast channels. But if you go onto our Spreaker page on the internet, you'll be able to find the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdowns and it's up to you if you want to try and sync that up with maybe a, a replay on KO Sports or Foxtel and watch, watch it in your own time. If you haven't seen the game, it might be a, a unique way to, to, to watch the game or even re-watch it. Although there wasn't too many highlights from the Suns, and we'll get back into that later. But before we move on to the news, I'd like to thank our Patreon donors, Old Soul, Jack Stad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, James Wood, and Tony. So, a taste of what we could offer last week with our showcase, and we've been rewarded. Kate's jumped on and joined our Patreon sponsors. So, thank you, Kate. Um, All right, Tom. Well, let's jump into the news. Now, The biggest news coming out of the club this week is the retirement of Michael Riscatelli and we've got a bit of audio to play here So, uh, so thank you very much and um, I've just got one more favourite to ask this week and that's still one game left um, and if you can get me a W that would be the that would be the icing on the cake for me so thank you So that was a touching bit of a clip from a video that the Suns put out on their website Um, with Michael Riscatelli telling the playing group his retirement and it's such a sad emotional um, speech from Michael. You can completely understand why he'd be so upset and we're upset as well. Um, Not too many fans would have watched that and not felt a, a ping of sadness inside of them.
2: Uh, no, I mean look Rish, Rish is a legend and uh, you know we, we've we've only got a handful of players who were around from the very beginning and you know when when, when, when the young players leave to go for success elsewhere it's a bit of feeling but when a player has come to the end of his career because he had you know half his career at, at another club, uh, so we've got Jared Harbour as, you know, the next guy to qualify in that way. We may have plenty of those to come, but yeah, Rish is the one who's been there from the beginning, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, he has. Um, I, I said to you off the air that he's arguably the only Gold Coast Suns legend that we've had to, to retire. Um, there aren't too many others I can think of. Actually, there's none I can think of that would even qualify for that Um We've had retirements in the past But none from players Have delivered um, Anywhere near This this amount of time And dedication to the football club Riscatelli was was an inaugural signing uh, With one of the concessions The Suns received And uh, quite a shock To get him from the Brisbane Lions uh, The year that he'd won A best and fairest for them But he, he's been a a great contributor to the to the Gold Coast Suns, and
2: well, well, Shane, I can give a bit of insight on that 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 comment because, as uh, as listeners may may recall, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who are in the same boat as me, I I'm an original Brisbane Bears supporter. I, obviously, when they became the Lions, I kept supporting them. So I remember when Richatelli was first drafted by the Lions because something that people who followed the Lions back then, I know you, you you don't particularly, but people who followed the Lions back then, their their drafting in the premiership years and in the couple of years before the premiership years was was not strong. And even when they did bring in decent players, they tended to go to other teams because they were just they just had such a stacked list. So Michael Ricciatelli, his first year was two thousand and four. So can you imagine being a player young player, 17-year-old, being drafted to a club that's just won three flags in a row. And in his first year, he managed to play a game. So he he would have felt very much of a part of that, that, that grand final era, even though he was only a young fella. And I think a lot of that's rubbed off on him because that was a sensational team and full of quality people. And... You know, a couple of years later. So, you mentioned that he, he won the best and fairest. He actually won two best and fairest in a row at Brisbane, and then came to the Gold Coast. And people might remember that around that time was the Fev trade. And after he won the first 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 best and fairest, Brisbane tried to trade into bloody Carlton, and he just went, "Why would I? Well, why you know? Why is this happening? I can't believe it." And then he said, "No, I don't want to go to Carlton." And he stayed at the Lions. Got another You know, he, he was on their shopping list. So, so he just went right. I'm going to go down the road, going to the going to the Gold Coast. So they did us a bloody massive favour.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, it it was. I was really impressed by by securing riscatelli and i was actually quite hopeful with jared brennan as well but that turned out to to be less of an inspired pick um but riscatelli he's he's been an absolute club legend and i think it would be great if the suns could get him a win like you mentioned in that video and yeah it would be even better if we can get the metricon stadium uh Full force of Suns fans just showing their respect for him. Um, this will be the last game that he runs out in Suns colours on the field. So, yeah, all the best to Michael Riscatelli and his family, and what what his future holds.
2: Well, I mean, there's there's a great the, the great mystery there. He he holds his cards pretty close to his chest, and I guess not not being a an AFL state, the media haven't really been too pushy with him or no, no no, sort of insiders have leaked information about what he wants to do. So whether he just decides to, to, um, you know, take it easy for a few years and, and, and start his own business or whether he seeks a, a coaching role at the club or whether he goes to the local league, the Quaffle or something like that, we, you know, we just don't know. Um I'll tell you what, I'd really love to see him take on uh, an assistant coaching role at the Suns and remain a part of the setup, and potentially even play a half a dozen or more games in the NFL next year, but we just don't know, do we?
1: No. Um, All right, well, let's move on to the injury news. And it's injury news because there is no injury news. (laughs) (laughs) In a positive spin for Gold Coast Suns fans The only news coming out of the Suns tonight With their their injuries Is Sam Day uh, suffered some migraines By the end of that game um, From his head knock And he has pulled up well So they're anticipating he'll train this week And be available for selection And similar story with Jack Martin He copped a knee last week And... Uh, Didn't pull up quite right He's pulled up fine this weekend And again should resume full training And be available to play this weekend So no other news there Oh the other player is
2: Well there's two more There's two more changes there And they're they're weird Um, So Mitch Rear has been ruled out For the rest of the season He was a chance at being back this week But obviously they're they're just calling it early But they're saying Cal Archie is a week away, <laughs> a week away from what? Uh, so I do not trust the the injury list. I, ne- I never have. I hope we don't get into trouble over that. But uh, the um, the news that Mitrean won't be even considered for Neefle this week. Um, we bad luck for him with that injury because he, he had a few good games for us. Uh, if we see kal Archie back, I doubt it would be in the AFL. So. Hopefully he can be like Rankin and just come back in for a bit of a cameo and, and light things up. But, you know, he had a pretty significant injury, so you kind of doubt that. The person who's not on the injury list, of course, is Braden Crossley. So if you add things up, there are 10 players gone for the season. Martin sounds like he's, he's back in contention this week. Archie and Crossley, not. So there, there are 36 players... Who, who are available for AFL and NEFL, which is about par for the last few weeks. So, yeah. Not no. too much change, but little, little things.
1: All right. Well, one player that could possibly make his debut this week against the Giants at Metricon Stadium is Isaac Rankin. He's pulled up quite well from his uh, hip injury and recovered quite well from pulling up after this game. So... And he had quite a spectacular game, didn't he? For a bloke that spent as much time on the sidelines as he has, uh, well, let's get into the NEFL report, and you can tell us sure. all about the Rankin Show. So, Sydney uh, Gold Coast Suns defeated the Sydney Swans reserve side, nine goals seven sixty one to thirteen goals eighteen ninety six. So, a thirty five point win for the Gold Coast Suns. Connor Nutting had four goals. Peter Wright had two goals. Young had thirty 32- two. Disposals: eight marks, five tackles. Jesse Joyce had twenty-two disposals. Peter Wright sixteen disposals, nine marks, and Isaac Rankin fourteen disposals, nine tackles, and one goal.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, Natting and Wright uh, could have had more goals, although tricky conditions for, for for scoring goals. A lot of goals scored from from close range. And even then, Peter Wright had a golf, uh, a shot at golf from ten meters out that he missed. But it was a goal face that just had his howling wind coming out of it. Terrible stadium, Tramway Stadium. It's just, I, I'm surprised that they've said that it's it's Nefil standard. But then again, what's Nefil standard? Um, no, look, it was a great game to watch. In in retrospect, we wondered if maybe it would have been a good game for us to commentate because. Uh, the Suns haven't had much luck getting uh, commentary lately, so there is not even a choice. But anyway, um, the the two players I'd really like to well, I am going to I am going to change my mind there. The four players that I'd really like to 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 highlight here are Aaron Young, best on ground, not even a not even a, a doubt about that. Um, you know, thirty touches. Aaron Young is such a tough nut. He goes, he's fearless into the contest and. You really can't really, uh, you know, the, these the, the Niffler is is a standard of game where obviously it's it's a notch below AFL, but players are hard at this level, and he's one of the sons who can stand up. He's stranded on ninety nine games, Shane. So does he get a game this week? Well, I'll keep going. Connor Nutting had six shots, six or seven shots on goal. Ended up with the four goals. Could have been more. He's been on fire this year. He's had 20-plus goals. He's not even a forward, but he's such a quality player that putting him in the forward line has meant often he's the targeted player and he's not a big guy. And he takes great marks. He pressures the ball, creates opportunities for other players. He's just so lively in that forward forward 50 that he wouldn't be out of place. And, you know, we we, we drafted him... You know, in the you know it was in the third round, I guess, but he, you know he's an AFL drafted player, and he's played the best part of two seasons in the NEFL. He he's in line for an AFL debut, and then another bloke I'm going to mention, and you've already mentioned Isaac Rankin. I can't speak highly enough of him, but Sam Fletcher. Now these three players were named in our best, and that and if they would they would they would get the points from me, the young for three, nothing for two, and Sam Fletcher for one in the needful performance, all three of those guys could play against the Giants and Isaac Rankin, chuck him in there for as a wild card.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I think Young is certainly earning his stripes. He should be a fair chance to, to get a recall. It's just a matter of who he replaces. Um, mm. And I think if Sam Day doesn't pull up or they have any concerns over Sam Day whatsoever... Give him a rest and uh, give Peter Wright a run. I thought he was quite good. He played more of a uh, more of the role that the Suns expect him to play—that forward ruck role. And... He, he
2: played. He played much closer to goal this week than last week, and that's why the goals were there. But um, because the Suns sort of, you know, it wasn't a lesser opponent. You know, Brisbane is just, you know, the kings of the needle at the moment. So Wright didn't get a whole lot of chances close to goal last week, but this week. Uh, he certainly did um he'll won a few of his shots back because uh you know th- there were a couple shots that he missed but the the main thing was that he was putting himself in a position to shoot those goals and the the i'm so i'm I'm quite critical of tramway stadium because wind isn't a factor in stadiums, but tramway stadium is not a stadium it, it has tunnel winds it's right next to a highway you know, helicopters going over like. The win factor just uh, ruined accurate goal kicking. So Wright could have had a 5 goal game mm. and uh, as well as around 20 hit outs and, and being like a, a dominant force on the ground.
1: Okay. Alright, well I think Wright's definitely ready to come back in if he performs like that again. Uh, but he doesn't have another game to prove it so if he doesn't make the cut this week he's just going to hold his head high and perform well in the NEPL and re- reset for next year.
2: Well, he signed on an extension and, and he and he's very much a part of our future. Um, I, I've said it last week, I'll say it again. I believe the coaching staff have basically gone back to him and said, look, you're our ruck forward and it to, in order to do that, you're going to have to get better at both and we no longer believe that you have to choose between one or the other because we got Jared Witts and you know his you're, you're, you're second ruck. I mean, if if Witsi went down, uh, so he's not second ruck because Nichols has had a good season. So if Whitsy went down, they'd bring Nichols in. So they're able to sort of say, look, you know, 2 me to Peter. You're you, you, you're in line to be the backup ruckman, and that's what we want you to be. But you got to you got to basically adapt to the game plan a little better. Um, I think he does a lot of things really well, but in such a young side. He's quite often has these quiet games, and it, it exposes him, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. All right. Is there anyone else you want to touch on on the Nephil, or should we move just, straight into just the one, AFL? Just
2: one, just one player, Shane. Um, Josh Corbett was tremendous. He was leading up the ground, marking absolutely everything, putting a hundred percent effort in. He's a real effort player. I think. He, I think he basically. Uh, a, he may be in consideration for this week. I don't know, but I think with another preseason in him and the, having that ability to really get be amongst things, because if you recall, Corbett had this uh, sort of interrupted start to the season, and I just feel like he's only now getting that synergy with the Nethal guys. Another preseason and injury free. He'll be, he'll be, you know, really leading up for, for for top 22 selection next year. He's an improver.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the AFL game. Gold Coast Suns played Hawthorne in what was Jared Ruffhead's farewell. Um, it's probably the hundredth time you've heard that phrase. <laughs> uh, Hawthorne defeated Gold Coast Suns 18 goals 10-118 to 7 goals 6 48 So that's a 70-point flogging. Now, we mentioned we won't dwell too much on this game because I think we had enough of our say throughout that uh, commentary. But just for those not listening, we'll give a quick summary. I thought the Suns' effort and intensity in that game was quite good. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking at the statistics, it backs up the point that we, we were winning the clearances. We were winning the contested ball. Um, in the end, what really killed us was our turnovers and uh, allowing Hawthorne so many intercepts.
2: Yeah. Look, Shane, we won practically... We won or drew practically every major stat. Uh, disposals, we had two less disposals. That, that's not a 70-point loss. Um we, we won the free kicks. We won the, won the clearances at the centre and the stoppages. Um, we, we, we were down in two... Well, you mentioned turnovers, and, that, and that's the reason we lost. But we had 35 inside 50s, and they had 66. So it wasn't quite just turnovers. It was where we had the possession. So we had a lot of possession in our back half of the field, and you can't kick goals from there. And... Uh, they made 18 marks inside 50 and we made seven. And so you can't kick goals if you are not marking the ball inside 50. So just a couple of metrics. And uh, it's amazing. I, I think, I think uh, we're only a few players short of really narrowing that 70 point gap against the same opponent. What do you reckon?
1: I, I think so. I've been thinking about it today. Uh, the, there's a lot of,
0: Find a physician near you at orthopedic1.com.
1: Brisbane. At least that's what everyone in the media is saying. They're all saying, mm. oh, you know, they've just got to follow the Brisbane model. Follow this. Now, the Brisbane, uh, it, it all shows in their percentage. So mm. you look back to what their percentage was last year, and they were fairly competitive in most games, like the Suns have been for a majority of this year. Now, I think if... The Suns were able to maintain that competitiveness and get a similar result to what we were getting at the start of the season to the end of the season. Mm. So, in other words, wipe out a bunch of those 70, 80, 90-point defeats that we've suffered in the last six to eight weeks, then our percentage reflects that a bit more and would be more on track to what Brisbane have had. And, you know, that's when... Teams uh they're not don't have quite the maturity to get over the line and get the win, but mm. they're there hanging in and being close in games for a majority of those games. Now the Suns aren't quite there just yet. We've seen half a season of them doing that. Hopefully next year they get into the you know, another fitness preseason into them. Uh, players are committed to the club By next year We would, ha- would have gotten rid of everyone That's not committed And Ooh. As mentioned on the The Inside 50 podcast this week um, there It's really quite a, a club That's been built on culture All the, all the building blocks For the cultures there Players uh, Enjoy the club And despite being 17 straight losses They're still signing up So With that in mind, I think next year the Suns are going to to make another jump and be competitive throughout the whole year. So we shouldn't be seeing these 10-goal-plus losses. And hopefully we'll snag a few extra wins. And then the next year, so 2021, I think is the year that we could really make that big leap and jump up the ladder, Um, similar to the way Brisbane has and teams in the past have as well.
2: Well, I I, I like what you say, Shane, and and I I think the only thing I really have to add to that is that it needn't be that we're a year behind the lines. I like to think we are because obviously we'd like to see success sooner than later, but what we don't have, and our opponent, GWS, which we'll talk about later, they have a similar problem to us, and and it's really presenting itself at the moment, and that is that we simply don't have players aged between 27 and 30 and that's for a four year four year plus deficit that we don't have and the reason we don't have it is because we've only been around for 9 years so if you've got a bunch of 18 year olds who started in that, in that first season that they're, they're not very old they're 26 27 and Everyone you brought in between then, well, we didn't have a very good recruiting season the year after we came in because GWS got given everything. And so and GWS have had a very good recruiting season every year they've been in. But guess what? They have a real lack of players in that 26 to 30-year-old age bracket. So they're being shown up at the moment because they're being forced to play so many of their younger guys like we are but they're a class above us because of the quality of players. Not going to go into that aspect of it, but you see what I mean. Like we we don't we just don't have those guys. Like Steele Sidebottom's a good player, but this year, this last year and this year he's been regarded as an elite midfielder, or if not elite, then a, a, a approaching elite and able to to hold his place as as one of the better. I think he might have been All Australian last year, so or if not, close to, or maybe All-Australian forty. So until we start getting those players who really hit their peak in their late 20s, which a lot of players tend to do, we're kind of dead in the water. So another year, we're going to do well next year. I, I, we're not going to finish last again. That's just not going to happen. It's, it, it's not footy. That's not the pattern, how it goes. We will, we will have a surge, whether we go up to the finals or not. I'm quite happy if twenty twenty one's the year where where we make finals for the first time and if twenty twenty five is the first time that we're really our premiership window opens I wouldn't be surprised either
1: okay um all right well let's finish off chat about the game now we said at half time we listed our our top three vote getters and I think the context of the game changed a bit in that second half. The Suns actually won a quarter in that third quarter. Um, mm. It's a bit sad that at this stage of our, of our uh, history with the Suns, we're still celebrating finally winning a quarter, and it was only by one point, by the <laughs> way, as well. But yeah, we've got to take the small wins where they are.
2: I think uh, it was a much truer reflection of the game. I think... Um, you know you the, do you remember how many times you said uh freaky Hawthorne?
1: yeah it it was, I was trying to build that hashtag back up again and get get a bit of a trend going cuz yeah. uh, as as you know you you're the uh, Twitter warrior here and you've been you've been having uh, some hawthorn well, uh, not players, some hawthorn fans having a crack at you
2: Oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, like there's not much pushback from the Suns, so someone's got to do it. But um,
1: well, that's why uh, I got banned the, on Facebook.
2: The, <laughs> I can't access the, any
1: of the Suns stuff on Facebook. Uh, I'm too, the, too, too, too oh, supportive.
2: It's not really the Suns, though. That's a, it's a Suns fans site, uh, page, and we've got our own, haven't we? So, um, the, no, the, the fact is that free kicks do not have to be equal. But the umpires tend to try and make it that way. And I, I think the Suns got given, practically every free kick the Suns got given, it was legitimate. And there were free kicks there that they, that were non-calls that the Suns deserved. And there were free kicks that the Hawks got that you just, the players were looking around going, what's the whistle for? And when the Hawks got it, they laughed and just went, oh yeah, <laughs> of course, it's our night. So it, it doesn't explain that... The, the, the deficit chain but it it does explain how you know how how the suns let these 10 to 12 gold margins get out because when free kick after free kick like like uh, a couple of examples with the, Shane, the bounces. Do you remember any that really stood out
1: well it was it was a consistent theme with the bouncers being recalled if they were in the suns favor uh, cuz the bouncers quite often were either going to the left or to the right of the centre circle not in the middle and well, the they'd always be recalled the
2: advantage in, the, in, in the stoppages like that that was that was something that in the, in the, we won 15 centre clearances to 8 mm. so it could have been a lot more and those are 12 point turnarounds because when they get recalled and the Hawks go up and kick a goal we'll could be the ones who are benefiting from it and, and going forward and kicking a goal of our own so you
1: know. You anyway, three of
2: them. Anyway, that's, let's that's let's thirty five point difference instead of a seventy point difference.
1: Yeah, let's um, look at our top three vote getters. So, uh, for one vote, I reckon Lockie Weller. He had seven rebound fifties. Had I think twenty nine disposals. Uh, he he had a yep. great day out uh, as the attacking weapon that he is.
2: Yeah, and this is Lockie Weller in his in, in in the form that he was in before he got injured. He's uh, taken a little while to get back to this form. Not you know, not a knock on him. It's just it, that's that's how footy goes. Uh, he was very efficient. Um, I couldn't really split him and Harbrow. Um, so Harb's got my one vote, and Weller got my two votes. But I could very easily you know interchange them. Weller Weller seems to be the guy who, if and when Harb's retires, and may I'd like to see Harbrow play another five years on, on the on the you know the the game that he played and some of the brilliant performances from this year. Uh, he's got another year to go in his contract. I hope they extend him as long as he wants to play. But I just loved seeing Lockie Weller. So yeah, three for Har- uh, one for Harb's and two for Weller. Who'd huh. you have for two?
1: Yeah, for my two votes, I gave it to Player of the Round, Braden Fiorini. He had a complete performance: thirty disposals, seventeen uncontested, and sixteen contested. Hang on, the mass doesn't add up there. Seventeen plus sixteen no, it, is it thirty-three.
2: What it What it means is he got help, uh, got caught uh, with the ball, not necessarily holding the ball, but but um. Yeah, those don't. Always oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. Con- uh, possessions compared to disposals. Yep, I get you.
2: Yeah, um, so he's, he's gotten the ball, and I don't I don't recall him getting held with the ball three times, but it may have been once or twice. Uh, Yeah, three times because there were a few of those calls. But scratching your head, he didn't have any freeze against.
1: So it maybe the disposal just wasn't counted. Maybe it was just a a, the ball got tackled
2: free or something. He could have (laughs) been tackled in the touch. Yeah, could have taken it out of bounds.
1: So Fiorini had seven clearances, and just a, a great. Effort to to get into that midfield and clear the ball out, and just as much as he was clearing it out, he was on the other end receiving it. The only but knock on it, his was, the only sorry. knock on his game was he had a fifty three percent disposal efficiency. Yeah. So if he could have up that a bit more, he would have been quite the damaging player.
2: Which I mean, it does tend to happen with some of our ball magnets. Uh, is that they they're getting they're getting a lot of the pill inside under huge amounts of pressure and. All it takes is, is uh, you know, those hack kicks forward and a few hand passes and their percentage really gets affected. But, um, look, wasn't it great to see Swallow, Weller, Miller, Fiorini, Harbrown, Hanley all get high possessions? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can't remember the last time we had that many players getting being in the midfield, rotating through, getting just, you know, fantastically high numbers. Um, look... I'm going to go straight in and and, uh, and and say that Pierce Hanley gets my my, my three votes, um, and the reason for that is that he all game four quarter effort. He was just everywhere. Pierce tends to tends to sort of stand out sometimes for his clangers, and he's always makes clanger. He had four clangers, and and, and uh, his disposal efficiency wasn't especially high or low, but. He was just super creative and just making things happen between... He was in defensive 50, he was in attacking 50, and everywhere in between, and it was just great. Last week, I was questioning whether Hanley deserves another contract, and he's come out and just shown what he can do. Just imagine a couple of our players back from injury and Hanley still capable of that performance with a bunch of other guys who are really dominating the opposition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my three votes goes to Jared Harbrow, and it's pretty much along similar lines to, to you. Uh, I think the difference was Jared Harbrow just looks more flashy and more more skillful when he's got the ball, that he just stands out a bit more. So I think that's why I decided to go with Harbrow for the three votes. But it was a great performance. Like you said, there was about five or six Suns players that, that were around that 30 disposal mark. And yeah. that's something that we haven't seen for quite a while. So it does show that the Suns had quite a, quite a good game. But it,
2: it, it just there wasn't the final connection. No. There's just so many plays where just that one last pass needs to stick or that, that, that inside 50 or, or the kick before the inside 50 kick or the hand pass or whatever. And it was Hawthorne's pressure and experience that, that prevented the Suns from... Reaching their potential in this game Because the game was there to be won Except for the fact that the Hawks just scored so easily
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely Now, we have We haven't done this for a while, Tom Because we've we've struggled to find A moment worthy of it But we've actually come up with Well, we, there's two moments I think we could use this uh, What a performance moment for And the first one is The man himself, Lockie Weller a beautiful right foot snap for goal from about fifty meters out. Just running in, um, kicked a great goal when it wasn't expected. Um,
2: no, and and we and we, if we had one of them per game from Weller, uh, we'd go a lot closer to winning a lot of games. We would, yeah. That those are the kinds of things that really just nail the opposition, don't they? They and, do bloody love because when you see him getting that ball in that zone and you can see he's got a clear path because he doesn't like to run straight at goal and kick it he likes to just wheel around on his right and if, if no one's blocking his way it's a goal and he can kick him from beyond the paint um, so and as long as there's someone in the goal square kind of shepherding it in he can kick him from 60. Yeah. So, but what was your other Well I think the moment that with?
1: deserves it is this one
2: performance that's the
1: it's the um the team the teamwork no no the teamwork goal Uh, I believe Wits knocked it out of the ruck on the wing tapped it down to Ainsworth who handed it to Fiorini who hands it back to Ainsworth Ainsworth runs down kicks a beautiful kick onto the the chest of um Ben King and Ben King's kicks a lovely goal so it just sort of highlighted the future that the Suns have some of these young players teaming up working together to to make the Hawks pay Uh, well
2: Ben Brown kicked 10 goals on the weekend and you can just see in the next few years you can see Ben King kicking 10 goals can't you
1: he yeah he, he certainly can he's proven quite a few times already this year He's played, what less than a dozen games, I think, and he's yeah. he's already had a bag of four. I think that was his yep. rising star week. Uh, yep. He he's looked like he could get to that stage a couple of times again already. Uh, just a bit of inaccurate kicking as well. Uh, I think holds the him crowd back.
2: on the weekend. I mean, we we didn't really um, we didn't really talk about it on the on on the live uh, commentary, but and I wasn't listening at all, but the crowd, like what I've read about and heard about since in the highlights and whatnot, the crowd was 32,000 people there and they were all one-eyed hawks. I mean, that explains to me why uh, the Suns had quite a bit of pro- – uh, quite a few problems with set shots in, in gettable positions in earlier in the game when it did matter and why Ben King had one goal, two, when he could have easily had three. And if he had have gotten a couple of early goals, he might have been a bit more up and about. Mm. Um, but you know, there's no there's no hiding a seventy point hiding uh, <laughs> hiding or hiding. Uh, there's no there's no hiding from it. No, uh, there isn't. There are there are issues that need to be uh, addressed. I'll tell you right now, we had three hundred possessions at three quarter time, and we were on track for four hundred, and we fell short of that. So, I think there are is still issues. Um, you know, we, we they scored um, in the in that in that third quarter. They scored five goals to to really, you know, put it to bed, and we only scored a couple. So we won the third quarter, and we we ran out of juice. So another preseason, more in the tank, more endurance, more strength, bigger and better. Really looking forward to it, but we've got one more game to go.
1: Absolutely,
2: challenge accepted.
1: Now the. Uh, We've got five minutes left So I'm going to ask you a question Which I reckon is going to fill up this episode But before I do We've got a couple of things Next week I think what we'll discuss We'll talk about the A a bit of a season review in the whole It's the last episode for the season And we'll discuss Basically I mean we'll look back at our Facebook team That we Picked at the start of the season And compare that to what we think Is the best 22 now Despite the injuries Um, And just a general look back At the season I think after that what we should do Tom Is come back maybe at the end of every month uh, Or at least once a month For for an episode Just keeping up with what's going on At the Suns Uh, We don't like to speculate On rumours during the show too much Because no. Well, that's exactly what they are rumors. But there's I heard, some I heard very a really tense... nice
2: thing from Alistair Clarkson on, on, on AFL three sixty last night and I'll just very quickly reiterate it. The reason that he didn't announce Jared Ruffhead's, you know, testimonial match was out of respect for the Gold Coast Suns. And I think that's a really important thing when discussing footy. You can say people say, Oh, this player's rubbish or the Suns were hopeless and it's just really not it's reductive. It doesn't do anyone any favours. Um, you know, the, the 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 players who are on the list at the moment are all sons, and there are going to be a few of them who aren't going to be with the club, and it's going to be pretty announced pretty soon. Yeah. And respect to all of them, and and we we respect them uh, as much as they deserve because you know they're representing our team, whether it's at the top level or or at the kneeful, doesn't matter. They're yeah. part of the
1: club. Well, we are approaching the silly season. It's. Players coming in and players, of course, going out. Now we don't always like the players leaving, but you know we're all loyal. We want our sons, the club, to survive and be as strong as possible. Well, look at the Southport
2: got... Sharks. They, they, they've got a, they've got ten on the week, they had ten former sons playing for them. Yeah. So it's not like we're we're getting rid of players and and they're 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 going to the trash heap they're going on to tier two success. so and um, yeah. Others go into state and have successful careers there. So.
1: Yeah. So what I'm trying to say <laughs> is I think at the near the end of September, probably just before the grand final, we'll do an episode. And I think that's going to be our rumor episode. We'll yep. address a bunch of rumors, discuss whether we think it's fact or fiction and what they could, what players could bring to, to the side. And then October, we'll have another episode, probably just after trade period, discussing the the new players coming into the club. And and, I think... and,
2: and if anything happens, you know, major that merits discussion, we'll you know we'll we'll certainly get on the blower. And, and uh, even if it's just a a, a short pod, uh, you know, if something major happens, like a player signing or a you know whatnot. Uh, we're yep. certainly not going to abandon fans when they want to hear from us. But um, you know, we've got other methods too. We've got our Facebook page and Twitter, and uh, we certainly like to hear from people while we're doing a podcast. So
1: Yep. All right. Well, we've got a minute left. So, Tom, just quickly, should Isaac Rankin play this week? Yes, he should. Neful yeah, or was AFL? <laughs>
2: he was terrific. He, I should he have mentioned that time, and he still he still managed to just be a wizard. Okay, so, He should play every single game. He should never play Niefel again.
1: Well, I think it would be a fantastic game, not only to send Riscatelli off, but to uh, bring in Isaac Rankin and give him a debut. Bring and in geez, Sam Fletcher. Jeez, it would get some bums games. in it's seats. Really good. Having Rankin there and Riscatelli retiring, that would certainly get some bums in seats. So, I mean, uh, Michael Whiting... On his uh, analysis of or preview of the Giants Suns game, reckons that uh, we'll be lucky to get over seven thousand. So let's make really? it, let's make it wrong and uh, Suns fans show out in full force to say farewell to club legend Michael Riscatelli and hopefully hello to uh, debutant Isaac Rankin, future star of the Suns. All right, Tom. The,
2: the- the match, the match report, the, the match preview su- suggests that um, the Suns could, could win in a boil over.
1: Well, fingers uh, crossed, so, let's hope they do. Well, All right, we've that. got to go, Tom. Thanks for tuning into the show. Go Suns.
2: Go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in
0: your budget, but also is not a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents. But far enough, they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent
2: in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta Confidence Boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.